to season three of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kelby Bachman. And the song you just heard is Run the World Girls by Beyonce. And it is also the walkout song for the next guest on the show, Aaron Gerlich. So Aaron is currently an associate director with the Iowa Girls High School Athletic Union. She's a big reason why Iowa sanctioned girls wrestling. A native of Panora, Iowa, Erin graduated from Iowa State University before earning her master's at Oklahoma State. This is a very insightful episode of all the behind-the-scenes work Erin and her, and her team puts in to make girls wrestling in Iowa as successful as it can be. And it also entails where her passion for wrestling and just sports in general all started. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy Erin Gerlich. So yeah, what's going on? What are you up to? Well, uh, yeah, so I'm just uh, in West Des Moines um, today for just a little bit. Um, popped into the office and I'm going to stuff a bunch of packets. We've got our super regional event coming up uh, this Friday. So just trying to work ahead and get some things done because I know this week is just going to be a, a total rat race. So <laughs> yeah, it's uh, no, so it's. Just uh, trying to give myself a little bit more time to get some of those things done this evening. Yeah, I'll be going to one. Um, so I'm heading up to Minneapolis on Friday, and so I will be actually be swinging by Mason City and watching. Oh, that's that so fantastic! Yeah, I'm excited. That's great. That's great. Um, yeah, we. Um, I actually was just up in Mason City this past weekend. Um, I went up there. They had a big tournament yesterday. And knowing that I wasn't going to be up at that site, I'm going to be at the Des Moines site. So knowing I wasn't going to be up there, I took a bunch of stuff up there and um, kind of gave them some feedback on kind of their setup and some things like that because they were kind of trying to mimic some of the things that they were uh, going to do for this next weekend. So I think it'll be fun. So ah. it's going to be kind of one of those um, – you know, it's going to be a different environment. It's just like this field house environment where there's going to be people kind of following around that side. And then there's going to be some portable bleachers that are brought in and stuff like that. But it's going to be, it's going to be wild. It's going to be packed. So I think it'll be fun. Yeah. And I'm, I'm curious what, like, um, I don't know how much involved you were in, you know, like actually the postseason bracketing and everything that goes into it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. like it's broken yeah, down by, <laughs> oh, okay. So then how'd you come up with the idea of the regions? I guess that like, um, they're in the same yeah. spot, but different regions. Like. Right. Right. So, um, you know, so for me it was, I, you know, I did the process last year. Um, what we do within the girls athletic union, we still, we feel really strongly about, um, you know, we want our, our best athletes at state. Right. And so, we, um, you know, we try to consider some geography and whatnot, obviously, as it, as it lends to it. We don't want to be sending people, you know, all across the state unnecessarily and whatnot. But I think, you know, for us, it's uh, really big in trying to divide the powers and, and really kind of have a, a handle on some of that. So last year it was trickier because we just didn't have a lot of data on our athletes. And, you know, right now we're just the emphasis is on an individual sport. So while we send them as teams to different places, we really look at the individual components there. So I had, uh, you know, the Iowa Wrestling Coaches Association. I had, uh, we have kind of a girls board of the girls side on that. And so I tasked them this year with doing some rankings, um, mm. individual rankings and, and starting in on some team rankings. And so 
when we did that, that it, it seemed to really work well. They, they put a lot of time and energy into that. So then they, you know, week by week, I was kind of watching those and getting some feedback from coaches on, you know, our, we, we've got some studs that are incoming freshmen this year too, and really trying to pay attention to them. Cause obviously they don't, they don't have a lot of data yet on the high school side. So uh, basically what I did is really tried to, you know, pinpoint where some of these girls were going to be based on their weight class and where my powers were going to be there. And then, um, knowing that, you know, we qualify the top four in each of the regions because at state we have, um, a 32 person bracket. So, um, you know, we got eight regions. So we qualify the top four in each of our 14 weight classes. So I really wanted to make sure that I was being thoughtful about not having, um, not overloading any of my brackets Mm -hmm. with these individual powers as we went across. So it's like spreadsheets and color coding and all of this kind of stuff. Uh, so it's, it's really pretty in depth, but then, you know, also being cognizant of, um, keeping overall bracket sizes as, as, you know, close to possible as, as I could. So, um, actually at the beginning of December, uh, my coaches kind of sent me a, like a prospective, um, list of where they thought, you know, they would be filling weight classes, you know, whether they thought they would fill all 14 or whether they, you know, thought that they would have five and what those looked like based on their athletes at the time, then that kind of gave me a head count of what I could expect each school to bring. And so, you know, I tried to keep it around, you know, no more than 250 participants per region, um, kind of going from there. And then I tried to get about the same amount of schools um, in each region. So it was just it really became a big math equation as what it looked like. And knowing that, you know, these numbers aren't, um, you know, that aren't, aren't completely correct. And that's kind of what the coaches were working with at the time. But it felt important to me to make the best decision at the time with with the information that I was given then. So, um, yeah, that was kind of how we went about doing that. So really making sure, like I said, that the brackets aren't overloaded uh, with power and then trying to be um, thoughtful about where some of those are going regionally. So, you know, we did, we had more traveling this year with some of these schools, especially around central Iowa, you know, I was having to send some of them, some of them West and some of them North to, to fill some, some gaps of, um, you know, some, some spaces there, but, um, you know, after I kind of talked to, you know, those coaches or those ADs and kind of explained what we were doing, they were, you know, they, they buy into the process. So they're along for the ride. Does it help? You never know. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a lot to digest, but I was wondering if it helps that you also do, um, you know, that you oversee tennis as well, because tennis I feel is, is maybe similar dynamic in terms of, yeah. In terms of wrestling? Yeah. yeah, I was actually just talking to a coach about that yesterday of like, you know, tennis is similar in terms of, you know, you're you're putting together a team tournament and you're putting together an individual tournament. Mm-hmm. And so you have to really look at your individual powers, you know, and then you've got your individual singles and doubles and different things like that. So there's a, a lot of different dynamics that go into tennis, but um, you know, you, you try to be you try to be thoughtful about um, you know, that as well. So what we do in our office, it's kind of funny um we you know for people who are interested and curious in those things we 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 like to show them because we get we have these big you know maps out and um you know you can do a lot of things digitally which is great but we actually have these big maps of Iowa with all the schools on them (laughs) Mm -hmm. and we uh you know we actually put push pins in them we we put big rubber bands around them you know what I mean 
and so we, we're yeah. kind of we, we, we try to be thoughtful of like a circumference of you know um how far people should travel or not and you know if they're traveling a ways then why are they traveling and things like that but it really gives a good visual of of what that looks like so i had four different maps of my four different regions and then i or my, my four different sites and then within that i had color-coded um you know um, to distinguish between two regions so it's kind of like i i kind of get um you know, to really kind of break it down, I got probably about 50 schools or so that I knew I wanted to put at a site that made sense, maybe um, geographically or some things like that, at, to go at a site and kind of looking at some of my powerhouse schools and, and put them there. And then you knowing that they're going to the same place, but then you can really start to mix and match where you think that they should go based on their power or their school size to really get some even brackets when you're comparing, you know, like region one and two side by side. So I think, you know, kind of starting big and then obviously honing down smaller and smaller as you go. And then it's like, you're really getting into details of, of getting nitpicky and shuffling around. But, you know, I, I, I have to keep in mind too, the larger picture of, you know, in wrestling, I, I can lay this out as much as I want. I can, I can really try to, to set up, some perfect brackets, but at the end of the day, you know, girls can still, they're still going to shift around in weight. Mm -hmm. They're still going to, you know, have the option to bump, you know, which, which could really, you know, at that point, then it throws off a whole lot. So tried to give myself enough leeway there where I knew girls were going to be moving around a little bit, but like I said, using, using the information I had at the time to, to put together something that I could defend and justify, you know, when people had questions. Yeah, man, you must be very organized. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean it's funny. I I don't know that I always am, um, but for that process, it's it, so. For instance, last year when we did that, we used I I wrestle. They had rankings just because we didn't have any yet. So I used a lot of their um, their individual rankings, and um, I think that we got um, when when I did that and I set it up this way. Um, I think I had you know ninety six percent of um our ranked athletes were the ones who, who who made it through and i think the you know two or three other athletes maybe one got injured and, and wasn't going to move on through and then two of them got fifth place you know versus fourth place so it, it was when i saw that data come back and when i was really looking at the state tournament of like okay our powers that really should have qualified, you know, we protected our powers, um, again, giving everybody an opportunity. You still got to go out there and wrestle, but, um, feeling like we didn't unnecessarily overload a lot of our brackets that, that seemed to work, that, that, that process seemed to work. So I had confidence then going into this year with more data, having our rankings, you know, establishing a rankings committee and just, um, yeah, putting it forward from there. I, I, I think that you know it's it's probably the way that we've we've got to do it for the foreseeable future wow yeah i'm i would i don't know how much sleep you get because like i would be sitting there at night like thinking <laughs> yeah. about this like oh my gosh what if i did this and this and this oh man did i do that right like i i yeah. would just oh, be it's, yeah it's maddening and of course then we have, I have people in the office look over it and things like that too of, you know and then our executive director gene she um she has to approve and finalize it so you we have a process then where we have to go in and defend that in front of her right okay. and so i've got to lay it all out she goes through it with a fine tooth comb any questions she has or suggestions she has you know we've got to be really thoughtful about that so that's a process that that can take a couple hours that can take a couple of days 
Um, but she, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like you don't have to have the a full understanding of, of wrestling. It's more so insert the sport into the process mm-hmm. there of dividing your powers, you know, how your, how your brackets are set up, all that kind of stuff. Um, and going from there, but yeah, it, it, it makes me so much better in the process having to go through and defend it, um, that way. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you know, but I, I, I have to, I had to give myself a little bit more grace this year. You know, last year we put, we put this, um, our regional assignments out like the first week of January. Um, and you know, the feedback I had from some coaches, was that they wanted it, you know, a little earlier. They wanted it uh, before winter break so that they could, you know, have more opportunity to move around as needed um, as far as some weight classes if they needed to do some shifting and things like that. So I just said, okay. I said, you know, I'm not going to have – that. My, my data isn't going to be as solid because, you know, we'll have only wrestled half the season mm-hmm. um, at that point. But I said, you know, I'll, I'll give it a go and kind of go from there. So I think there was a, a, a different kind of challenge this year and that I knew that there would be a whole lot of shifting happening um, that the second half of the season – but I was like, you know, okay, well, we'll see how it works. If they're, you know, if they're willing to um, be maybe a little more forgiving on that um, so that they can have more flexibility with where their girls go, then, then that's fine. Um, but that was a little bit, felt like a little bit more of the trade-off this year. But yeah, I was, I was happy. Honestly, I was happy to be done with it before winter break. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I felt like I could kind of shift my focus and, and start to, uh, doing some different kinds of planning over, over break instead of, I mean, I, I, all last winter break, it was just like, I was racking my brain over it. And, um, it, it, so it was actually nice to feel like I had a little bit of a break this year. Um, so we'll see, we'll see where it goes. You know, if I botched it, then I'll, I'll probably ask coaches if I can, um, go back to a later release date, but we'll see, you know? Yeah. Real quick. Um, you know, being able to, relax over you know christmas break is probably important because not only is it christmas it's your birthday you know <laughs> i mean <laughs> yeah oh, that's funny it is yes it is my birthday i had a big one this year i turned 40 so so that was fun uh but no it's just you know it's like when you're when you're getting older you're just you're happy to have another one <laughs> and it's nice to be um around you know friends and family and things like that so uh, for your, for your birthday. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, celebrating a holiday and celebrating your birthday. Um, it, you know, for me, it's kind of one and the same because really all, all I want is, is my people around me. So mm-hmm. I got that this year, which was really nice, but it, it was nice to be able to feel like, you know, I didn't have a, a ton of coaches or ADs calling. Um, <laughs> yeah. and you know what I mean? People weren't, weren't in a panic or lobbying for certain things. So it was kind of like, okay, it was just out and done and to kind of breathe and move forward. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I appreciated it. We'll see again, like how things end up, but we'll take a better look at it uh, for next year for sure. Yeah. Real quick. Do you celebrate, do you have like a birthday party separate from your Christmas or do you just combine it all into uh, one yeah. and like they sing yeah, happy birthday no, to you? My family's really good. They've been really good. Um, I think it's been, um, I, I, you know, we've never entertained like the half birthday or anything like that <laughs> just because, you know, my mom was really like, but it's your, you know, but this is when your birthday is. And, you know, I had this whole story of like, um, I was actually born in my grandmother's 
basement, there was a, a blizzard. I wasn't due for a few more weeks. And so it wasn't, you know, it wasn't on the radar necessarily, but there was a blizzard and it was actually out at Lake Panorama where I live now. But, um, so there, there's plows they couldn't get through and stuff. And so my aunt actually delivered me, oh, really? um, in my grandma's basement. <laughs> and so I think it was, you know, I think, uh, that's always been kind of a, a fun and interesting story. And so I think my mom, it would have felt wrong to her. Obviously, I don't remember the event, so it would have felt <laughs> wrong to her um, or to people in my family to not be celebrating it uh, uh, around the actual date. But, you know, when I, I uh, was an athletic trainer for a long time, um, and was both at Iowa State and, and at Oklahoma State as a student athletic trainer and then um, as a, as a full-time athletic trainer. And so, you know, you, you get to working a lot of football, we'd go to be going to bowl games. And even like when I worked women's basketball, um, we were always traveling a lot this time of year. So it was kind of one of those things that we just kind of got used to doing my birthday when I could make it home mm -hmm. and when everybody could kind of gather. Um, my sisters were more spread out than we are now. We all live in the, the same area now, so it's just easier to get together. So I think, you know, it's not necessarily about having it on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve or whatever. It's it's more like when we can all gather for the holiday and we just we make it work that way. Yeah. Well, good. Good. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I talked to somebody not too long ago who his wife likes to separate the two. Like he wraps her birthday present in birthday <laughs> paper, you know, not Christmas paper. No, this yeah. is your birthday. So, right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. No, my family's pretty good about that. Yeah. They, yeah, they, they try to make it uh, birthday paper and a separate, you know, <laughs> I'll have a, I'll have a birthday dinner, you know, type of thing like that yeah. at, at my, my parents' house. So they're, they're, they're they try to be cognizant of that, but, um, no, it's, it's one of those two. It's just, I, you know, everybody's minds are a million different places yeah. around the holidays and everybody's running around. So, um, I know they always, they go above and beyond to always make my birthday feel special. My sisters had a fantastic birthday party for me this year. Um, I, I knew the date, but I didn't know it was happening. They threw together a surprise and it was, it was so fun. Um, for the people who showed up and, and for myself, obviously I, I loved it. So I was really grateful. Um, I just, I have such a great network of people and my family. So it's, um, it's fun to just see everybody and, and celebrate that way. So this sure. year was extra special for sure. Good, good. Um, you know, a little bit just more about you, Aaron here. Like, so yeah, you're, you're from Panora, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. I mean, and you went to uh, Panorama high school, you know, yeah, were, were yeah. you always involved in sports or like, how did you sort of yeah, yeah. get into um, this? So I, yeah, I've always been involved in sports. Um, you know, I, I give my parents a hard time a little bit when, so when I was younger, um, you know, I was always, I, I guess my, I started off in dance, right? Like a lot, like a lot of little kids, but, um, I was in dance maybe from the time I was three years old and I danced all the way through school and high school and things like that. Um, but I, so that was, I think a big part of my foundation of coordination and just athletic movement and some things like that. But then, um, you know, as I got into grade school, I think I was maybe around second grade or so, and they were talking about youth wrestling and some things like that. And my, um, one of my friends and I, um, her and I wanted to sign up together and my parents were like, no, that's not, you know, we're just, there was no other girls that did it. And it was kind of like, yeah, no, but I don't, I don't, I don't think that that's going to work out. And they were both basketball players and I think wanted to, you know, that they were more comfortable going that route. And I was just kind of like, huh, you know, it was kind of like, I, I always just kind of thought that 
wrestling, like I would maybe be a good wrestler because I was, I was kind of a runt when I was growing up <laughs> and just a little, you know, it's like that middle child syndrome thing of like, I was a little scrappy and a little ornery and yeah. things like that. And so I just kind of felt like I, I was always really intrigued by it. Um, but you know, it just, I, that didn't pan out. Um, and so, you know, I started playing some basketball, really loved basketball. I had a, a fantastic, you know, for small town, Iowa, I had, um, a really core group, good group of, um, of, of female athletes and friends that were in my class. And so we were, we were fairly athletic. Um, and so we just kind of went from season to season. So I ran cross country, um, played basketball, did track and field, um, and played softball for the first couple of years of high school. Um, and so, you know, like that, that for me, it was, it was, it was about being social. It was about, um, just, uh, just, just working hard. I think we all just kind of grew up in, in an era, obviously where it was before cell phones yeah. and <laughs> a lot of distractions. And that's just kind of when you were in a smaller town like that, um, you know, they needed everybody to, to participate. It felt like, so it's like, if you had any hint of athletic ability, that was almost an expectation. And, and certainly from my family, we have three girls in the family. We're all kind of fairly close in age. It was like, this is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. So I think my parents definitely were, you know, they bought into it and understood if like that was going to help keep me out of trouble, um, help keep our grades up. You know, they, they were really bought into the whole vision of education-based athletics and what it did and, and really both you know we didn't do the, the, the club scene hadn't exploded like it has now so it's just kind of what you did and we were a family who just you grew up going to sporting events within your community you know even if you're not necessarily tied to somebody I remember going to tons of basketball games when I was little and idolizing those girls um, and uh, just really you know, that was, that, that was kind of the pillar of the community. So it was just, it was never in my mind that that wasn't something I was going to do. But like I said, I continued to, to dance. And, um, I also was heavily involved in, you know, speech and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like your, um, I think they called it FCCLA, you know, just different, all these different, you know, Spanish club, all the different things. And that was <laughs> so fun growing up in a, in a small town and a smaller school because we could kind of do everything mm-hmm. and yes. everybody kind of worked around us. So, um, I think I definitely got a really well-rounded, um, upbringing when it came to sports, but I was definitely, you know, I'm not on any record board. Um, <laughs> I think I was a really strong contributor and I, in terms of, you know, maybe looking back and like, okay, I was a good motivator. I think I was a really good hype person. I think, um, I was reliable and, um, consistent in how I did things, but was never going to be the all-star. So, um, and that was fine. I don't, you know, I, I I was fine in my role and, and happy to, uh, you know, be, be a part of the team and bring what I could that way. So. Well, yeah, geez, you were just involved in everything. It sounds like it was, it was, yeah, yeah, it was just <laughs> like um, you said, you know. And it never felt like I, looking back on it, it never felt like stress. Mm-hmm. It never felt like too much. Mm-hmm. It never felt like you know maybe my mom driving me around everything um, before <laughs> I got my license. Maybe it, she could tell a different story, but it just didn't. It's just kind of felt like that's what everybody did, mm-hmm. and. Um, that's probably pretty naive of me to say that or think that, but it was just, um, yeah, it, 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 I think that there's a lot more pressure 
nowadays on, on kids. Um, you know, my daughter is in seventh grade and, you know, doing, she, she's involved in a lot of things. And I, I just feel like it's, it's a lot different now, um, with my generation of parents and our expectations and things like that. Um, I don't know. So I, I, I try to kind of keep in mind, um, of like, um, you know, I, I, I always tell her, um, you know, I'm not going to get on her case too often about things as long as she's, she's working hard and she's being a good teammate. And I, and you know, it's like, I truly mean that because, mm-hmm. um, I, uh, she, she's probably not going to be a superstar athlete. She's a good athlete, but she's, um, you know, uh, what, what I really see her being as somebody kind of like me in terms of, um, being a good leader, being a good teammate, being a consistent presence, um, and those things. But I really have to be mindful of, of, of not barking too much or, not expecting too much, um, you know, being realistic about expectations and then just reminding, reminding her and her, her little friend group there to just have fun, you know, embrace it, have fun. Uh, cause they just, you know, it changes so much as they get older. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, to stay a, a, about you here real quick, you know, you said you were an athletic trainer. So like, did you do that at Iowa yeah. state and Oklahoma state? Yeah. So when I, I went, I did my undergrad, um, at, at Iowa state. So Mm -hmm. I really, um, I, I kind of knew when I was, by the time I graduated high school that I wanted to pursue some sort of medical field. I thought a little bit about nursing. My, my aunt, um, that was my godmother, um, that actually delivered me as a baby. Uh, she, she was a nurse and, um, just really, um, passionate about, you know, about helping people about, you know, kind of fixing people about putting the the puzzle together, um, that, that was health and medicine. And that, that always really intrigued me. I loved anatomy. I love science. Um, so that to me was something I kind of knew early on, I wanted to pursue. And that, you know, as, as I, I went to Iowa state, then I became aware of this like athletic training thing, because again, small school, we didn't have athletic trainers. I, Mm -hmm. I didn't really know of the, the realm of sports medicine. Um, and so that was really intriguing to me because again, just growing up and loving athletics, it's like, well, this is a way that I can contribute. You know, I don't have to be a superstar athlete to continue to be involved with athletics on the collegiate level. So, um, you know, and, and so, so I was accepted into the Iowa state program and, and worked through that. It was at the time it was a three year undergraduate, um, kind of a rotation and you get to get, you get to different sports and, you know, they really try to get you as well-rounded as possible and some of those things. And so I, I think honestly, that's when I really, uh, half of, I, I, I had a year where I was, um, assigned to, uh, wrestling, um, up at Iowa state. And it was a really, really special time looking back on it. Um, and, um, it was where Bobby Douglas was coach. I think it was his last year, maybe as coach, maybe second to last year. I don't remember. So this would have been like 2006, 2007 type mm-hmm. year. Um, but Kale Sanderson was the assistant. Mm-hmm. And so that was really fun. But you had kids in the room that were kind of just starting off. Um, you know, we had the Paulson twins that were a little bit older. They were really well established there. Um, you had this really fun incoming class. Like when I was there, that was, um, that was the youngest Sanderson. That was Jake Varner, who yes. obviously went on to, you know, be an Olympic, you know, medalist and all of these things, you know. Um, so you had all of the, these kids, like 
called that kind of came through that were just spitfires. It was a great recruiting class. So some of them were my projects. They were some of them were redshirting due to some injuries and some things like that that first year. So spent a lot of time working working with them. Um, but being in the wrestling room, being at all the practices, going to a lot of the events and things like that, um, it was so fun because I can't think of you know. Um, I think I can't think of anything better for an athletic trainer who, you know, there was such a challenge of keeping these athletes healthy. You know, you had a lot of different things thrown at you. You had, you know, just weight management um, and hydration and nutrition and things like that, that were a big component. But then you also had, you know, skin infections and just these things that are a little bit more, um, you know, that you don't see so much in some of the other, um, and some of the other sports that are really a lot more specific to that, to that sport. Um, and then, but just the, the constant, um, you know, you constantly banged up, right. These, these athletes that are getting in there, most of them have had surgeries to this point when they, when they get to Iowa state or have been, have had some, um, some fairly traumatic injuries. So you've got guys that are coming in that need that need rehab right away and are on you know rehab programs basically the whole time they're there, um, in addition to strength and conditioning. But then you know it's just also just the the you know um, wear and tear of the everyday getting banged up and things like that in the room. And so you're always on alert for you know your blood time and this and that. And so it was fun to me to have such a challenge. Um, to work through that. And it's like, because wrestlers, you know, they may be 50%, um, at 50% strength and, um, and at 50% capacity for what they should be doing. But, uh, you know, they, it's hard to keep them off the mat. And so it was, it was always a challenge to, to, um, to do that, which I loved. So for me, it was a, a sport I had already, you know, followed and appreciated from the time I was little to now it's like, wow, this is, it's a, it's so cool to be involved with it on that level. Um, and so then going down to Oklahoma state, uh, I worked my, for my grad school, um, I went, um, in health promotion, uh, was, was my master's degree, but then I, I worked with the, the football program there and which was great. It was a really, really fun time to work with that program. You know, you had athletes coming through like, uh, Zach Robinson, and Des Bryant, Brandon Wheaton, and, <laughs> yeah. you know, a lot of big names. It was yeah. when they really kind of tried to, they, they really did make a surge, um, you know, as, uh, kind of a, up and, you know, not, yeah. not wow. up and coming, but a powerhouse program at that point. So it was fun to be a part of that in that experience. Um, but then I, you know, it's, you're, you know, working in the same athletic training space as, you know, the wrestlers, you know, you see in John Smith daily and, you know, just those type of people. And so when they understand that, you know, something about wrestling too, um, you know, when they need something in the training room and their, their athletic training wasn't available, they were quick to come to me with a lot of things, which was fun. (laughs) Um, or if, you know, somebody, they needed extra coverage or, um, you know, that the, the wrestling athletic trainer wasn't able to be there, then it was kind of fun to, for me to be a, another point person to, to help with that, um, and see wrestling, you know, at a, at a different collegiate sport or different, you know, different college, um, on such a high level and follow them too. So it was, it was like, I just got to a, a continuation of my love for, for, uh, the wrestling program at Iowa state and, you know, big 12 wrestling was pretty fun at that point. Yeah. So how did you even end up at Oklahoma State? Um, you know, so it was one of those deals where um, I got some really good advice, I think, uh, because when my my senior year at 
Iowa State. I was like a, a probably the, the I was like the lead athletic trainer mm-hmm. for uh, student athletic trainer for football, um, which is kind of a big deal. It was fun, uh, but I got to manage a lot of the the younger students and just do just have a ton of responsibilities. So that that there's I, I really feel like the the program at Iowa State is like second to none when it comes to um, equipping athletic trainers for what they really need moving forward. And, and you don't really realize that I think going through their program, you know, it's good. You hear about how it's good, but then when you look at a lot of other programs, you're like, wow, I was really Mm -hmm. well prepared. Um, so, um, my, um, my supervisor who's in charge of football um, at the time and he's in charge of sports medicine up there. So Mark Coberly, um, I remember having a conversation with him when I was getting ready to, to start looking, um, for grad school because at the, at that time, um, if you wanted to do anything on the collegiate or the professional level as an athletic trainer, you, you basically had to go to grad school. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that that's kind of was my passion and where, what I wanted to follow. So I started looking for grad schools. Um, I loved the big 12 because I got to travel the big 12 to big 12 schools so much um, in my undergrad career. And so, you know, I was looking at places like Texas A&M and Texas tech and, and then Oklahoma state came up. And, and so my, I, I got some really good advice from Mark he said to me, um, if you can go work football somewhere, uh, especially as a female, um, he's like, it's going to be hard to do, but go, go pursue football because if you have football on your resume, you can get any other sport. And so, um, just, I don't know if that's maybe the, you know, I don't know if it's more prestigious or just dealing with a lot of injuries and a lot of, you know, high volume of, of, of year round work and a lot of athletes seems like that just, um, so I, I, I really, you know, I, I wouldn't have necessarily chosen to do that. I had, I had had two years of football at Iowa State, and I, re- I liked it. I liked it a lot. I loved being on the sidelines and being in that mix of stuff. But it's probably not what I would have chosen. I probably would have chosen to, to try to be a GA somewhere for, for wrestling um, or, or maybe women's basketball. I liked the idea of having a smaller team and being in charge of a smaller team. But um, anyway, I so really I, I kind of narrowed my search based on the schools that were looking for a graduate assistant um, in athletic training for, for football. So then, I, again, I narrowed it down to the Big 12, if that was going to be an opportunity. Um, and it, it, Texas Tech and Oklahoma State had had openings, so I, I went and visited both schools and interviewed at both. And it was ultimately um, – offered positions at both. Um, it just, you know, Stillwater was just, it's just a fun town. Um, it reminded me a lot of Ames. Um, I was really, I felt like I was going to be really comfortable there. They had kind of a different dynamic setup um, where I would be coming in with a couple more uh, graduate assistants. We all kind of interviewed together. So I got to know them and was like, okay, this, this feels like this could work really well. Um, so ultimately that's, you know, I, I think my parents really wanted me a little bit closer to home than Lubbock mm-hmm. too. So I remember my mom actually kind of throwing out a bribe of like, Hey, and if you go to OSU, like I'll, I'll get you a really awesome pair of, of uh, cowgirl boots. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, that feels like enough to sell me. So, uh, yeah. So we, we went and picked out uh, a pair of boots when I, when I moved down there and it was, that was kind of it, but I, I couldn't have been happier with my decision to go there. It's, it's a great school. It's such a fun town. Um, and then that led to me, um, after I was, went through grad school there. It just kind of happened that, you know, really fell into my lap that there was an opening with women's basketball. Um, I had obviously knew the team, knew the girls, knew the coaches and things like that. And so I, uh, I was, was hired almost right away for that position and, and worked for a couple of years for women's basketball. Totally loved it. Um, 
loved being on the road. I loved living out of a suitcase, loved all of that. Um, but it was, I, I, I just felt like I could probably, you know, it's kind of looking at it at that point, like I was 26 years old and it kind of felt like I was almost at the, the pinnacle of, of the sport or where I could be within, within athletic training at that time and kind of at that level. And, um, unfortunately what had happened is my, my, the, our coach at the time, Kurt Budke, um, and assistant coach Miranda Serna and, and, and two of our donors, um, they were on a recruiting trip and they actually died in a, in a plane crash, um, oh, wow. which was re- really hard to go through obviously. And I had just had my daughter and there was a lot of different dynamics happening within my life, but it was, um, it was just interesting. Um, it, it felt like there was a, just kind of a shift in, in my life. And I was, I was, um, offered a job as a director of operations down there. And I, so I, I, I liked the thought of jumping to more of an administrative side. Um, and so I, uh, I, I took up that offer and became a director of operations. And, and that was really fun for me to work in, um, with some, with some different type of athletes and different coaches and some things like that at OSU that really kind of then led me on the path of athletic administration. So, gotcha. so yeah. That... So for, for, and then for a while it was one of those things that like, I just, I, I had really just thought for a while my path was going to be collegiate athletics. Mm-hmm. So um, what was the shift then? Yeah. How did you end up now? Yeah. So the shift was, I, would, I think I was at that point, I was kind of ready to, to get back to Iowa mm-hmm. um, just for a lot of different reasons. And I, you know, it was like, a, you know, when you, when you have a, a kiddo it's like uh you know i I missed my family Mm -hmm. um and whatnot and so kind of felt strongly about wanting to raise my daughter in iowa and um so uh i was i just happened to be talking to my mom and you know i'd I'd been kind of looking at different athletic training jobs um you know maybe at drake or iowa state or different places like that just to kind of have on my radar um but i was talking to my mom and our uh athletic director at, at panorama was leaving. Um, and she's just like, you know, is that a job you could, you would, you'd ever want? And I was like, gosh, I don't, I don't actually know if I'm, I, I don't really know. I've, I haven't been out of high school since I was in high school, you know? Um, <laughs> but that seems intriguing, you know? And so I, I called, um, I called the principal at the time who was my former history teacher, government <laughs> teacher. Uh, so, so I, you know, somebody I knew. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, tell me, tell me about this, you know? Um, and he was like, wow, that, you know, it seems like that would be maybe a really good fit. Um, you know, are you, you going to be home anytime soon? And I was actually going back for a wedding that, that weekend. And so I was like, well, I might, I'm, I'm coming back. I think it was around Memorial Day or something. I'm coming back for a friend's wedding. And he's like, yeah, stop in. Let's interview. Let's do some of this stuff. Because again, like, wow, okay, that sounds great. So I did that. Um, ultimately, they ended up giving me um, the, the job and as the, the AD and then they – uh, they really liked my background of like, I was, you know, still a certified and licensed athletic trainer. And so they're like, okay, that makes a lot of sense. And so they hadn't had somebody like that available working in their school. That was something they had just outsourced like a lot of schools do. And so, um, yeah. So then that kind of led me on my path of being the, uh, an AD and athletic trainer at Panorama for, for eight years. And, um, I, I loved that. I, you know, it's just like, I, I loved doing all of that. It was a, it was a really big job. Um, it was a, 
a lot of nights in, in a gym or on field or wherever. Um, but I'm just, I, uh, am a, I'm a, I'm a mobile unit. So I love being out and about in the mix mm-hmm. and, and talking to people and all of this and that, but it's, um, it's that, that work is not for the faint of heart. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's, uh, it was, it was a big job. And so I, I loved kind of where it got me and the connections and the relationships that I had built through that, because I had to lean on a ton of people to be able to do my job and to try to do it. Well, it, it's definitely not, not made for one person to try to do alone. So, um, yeah, I, I credit a lot of my work at Panorama to a lot of other people because it, it absolutely always took a village every day mm-hmm. and just help with my daughter and, you know, different things like that. So my family was always, stepping in and helping me because, you know, I had a toddler essentially when I started. And so that was, um, you know, an interesting role for me to, to juggle all of that. So for the record, your, your mom, did she bribe you in any way to come back? <laughs> uh, no, I don't. I think, I think she knew I was ready. <laughs> okay. um, again, I, I loved, I loved being in Stillwater, um, and in Oklahoma and things like that. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of, uh, it's funny to, to look back and like, you know, my, my starting salary, my salary as an athletic trainer, um, was it's, it's so, I mean, athletic trainers are so underpaid and so many people Mm -hmm. on the college scene, unless you're that top dog, whether that's, whether that's coaching, um, whether that's being an equipment manager, whether that's, you know, a lot of different things within the, uh, collegiate athletics, it's, uh, you're so grossly underpaid. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, disheartening you know so many places and so here I was you know um with with two degrees and feeling like oh my gosh I've been in school and committed to education for so long and I was going to come out of that with you know a starting salary of like $32,000 and I could you know barely like survive on that Mm -hmm. right and so then when the opportunity you know presented itself I you know being at Panorama, even though I was doing, you know, wearing a lot of hats and they tacked on a lot of different contracts, you know, I was, I was almost able to initially make double that just coming home, you know? So it was kind of a, a no brainer there where they said, here's, here's the offer and here's the opportunity. And I'm like, yep, sold. <laughs> so, <laughs> they, so my mom didn't have to jump in and brag too much, but although uh, my family was excited to, to get me back in the area, so that was fun. Yeah. And of course, having, having a daughter, you know, grow up around family, that's, that's always a, a, probably a key factor as well, or a contributing factor, I guess. But, um, you know, it, you know, it's, there's a lot of kids that love being, you know, she spent her fair share of time being a gym rat and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, running around the school, running around my office and doing things like that. But, you know, it's like, it it is important for her to, to try to keep a bedtime and to try to, you know, I didn't (laughs) know. So I didn't have to like, um, you know, feed her concession stand food, although she would have preferred it. Uh, probably not the healthiest option that, you know, it's like to not have to feed her concession stand food every single night. Um, probably, you know, worked in her benefit to have, have a couple meals at home and, and with grandma yeah. grandpa and things like that too. So that was, was extremely helpful. So how did you then transition now to, you know, the Iowa girls? Yeah. You know, athletic yeah. That's, that's a whole fun story too. Um, I think, you know, again, it was just, you kind of get this nudge for me, for me, I, you know, I, I have always enjoyed my jobs, whatever it's been. I've been very fortunate to, to really feel like I was loving every part of my journey. I wouldn't have done anything different looking back at it. Um, 
but I think, you know, for me, I was kind of feeling the nudge of being ready to, to move on to some other things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, COVID was really, really hard on me as an AD. Um, there was just so many other things that like, I felt like we were tasked with um, in terms of, of, you know, I don't know, just, you know, your crowd control, your masks, your all this contact yeah. tracing of all these athletes. It, it just, it was a heavy year for me. I was a grim reaper, you know, in a lot of ways of like, calling families and athletes and saying, yep, they were exposed in class and now they've got to sit out and they've got, you know, yeah. got some big events coming up. And it was, it was a really, it was really daunting because it was like kids just wanted a little sense of normalcy. And I think sports provided that. I think Iowa did a, a good job of trying to stay open as much as possible, but you know, we had to, we, we did have to follow guidelines. And so, um, so 2020, um, like every, like so many other people, 2020, I felt like it was a hard year for me. Um, and I think we did a good job of keeping things together, but I think it really kind of um, gave me the nudge to want to pursue some other things. And, um, you know, but, but when you go down that, you're, you're kind of down that, that rabbit hole of athletics, it's, you, you don't always feel like you know where to go from there. Um, mm-hmm. So you're kind of looking at, at different opportunities and, and, and keeping your ear to the ground on some things. And so there was, um, I had served on some committees for the, for the girls athletic union. I had served on like the softball advisory committee. And then I was serving on, um, their Ewing Cooley scholarship committee. And so I was having a lot of conversation, um, with their executive director, Gene Berger. And, um, you, you know, just being an AD, um, you're familiar with the state association and, and what they do. And so I, I knew the people in the office cause I'd had to call them about a million times, I'm sure. <laughs> um, so, um, you know, so that to me felt like, okay, it was, and I would just felt special to me because they had this girls athletic union and, and no other state has these two governing bodies. Right. Mm-hmm. So this was dedicated, you know, primarily to, to, to females in athletics. And so that was like, wow, this is, this feels different. This feels special me coming from the AD world where there's not very many females and, you know, as the, the first female president for the AD association and things like that. So it really, my, my calling started to feel a little bit more like, um, females leadership, advocating for females, things like that. Um, naturally just as a, as a female AD. And, and so it was one of those that like, okay, I'll, I'll pay attention to what's happening there. But that, it felt like at the time that was like a job that you took to go retire. Um, and so there, somebody had retired from the job, Karen Brown. I remember she retired and she was an associate AD or associate director there and um, had been there forever. It just always felt like, you know, it wasn't, it's not a huge staff. It felt like there was very little movement because once people went there, they, they love their job. They stay there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that position became available. I remember talking to a couple of people from that office of like, Hey, what's going to happen with that? Like, are you guys going to open a job up or what that, what's that going to look like? Um, and I had had a meeting or two with Jean. We had a dinner and some things like that. of just like, Hey, what would that look like? Would I be ready for that? You know, I remember her distinctly saying like, Aaron, I don't know if you can slow down that much. You know, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if the job would be for you. Cause I don't know if you can sit still that much. Um, but it's like, well, maybe I'd like to, you know, mm-hmm. um, so, uh, yeah, so it was just kind of some natural conversation. I ended up, um, you know, leaving my job at Panorama and just, I was ready to pursue whatever was next, whether that was the girls athletic union or, you know, I tossed around writing a book. I tossed around doing just a couple of other things. 
Um, but I knew I needed to give myself the freedom to be able to do that. Um, so I ultimately, um, you know, resigned from my position. It wasn't like this thing of like hard feelings necessarily. It was just like, it, it just felt like time for me to, to do something else. Mm -hmm. And so, um, it, then a few months later, the position became available at the girls union and Jean kind of called me and was like, let's go. I'm like, okay. So, um, we did that. I was not immediately put in charge of wrestling because wrestling wasn't sanctioned. So mm -hmm. it wasn't like I was the sport administrator for wrestling. It was, I was brought on because I was, um, in charge of some special programming and sports medicine and then what we had called emerging sports. So essentially it was like going to be my job to really look into seeing if wrestling was going to be a viable option. Um, I'd obviously felt really, I'd felt really comfortable in the wrestling community. I felt really like I understood the sport really well. Um, and it didn't intimidate me because we know, you know, wrestling people can be, it's like their own breed, you know, yeah. um, Mm -hmm. an intense and intimidating group of people though very passionate and um good intentions it's just it, it can be um, a little aggressive for people um so uh i think she knew i was willing to take that on which helps my case uh but yeah so i really my first week on the job it was like okay i'm going to put together an exploratory committee we've got a process of sanctioning We've got to look and see where we're at with that. And really just like, uh, I was fortunate because I knew so many of the ADs of the, you know, around the state from being on their state organization and just being an AD. Um, I could pick up the phone and make a lot of phone calls and find out what, you know, people's interests or intentions were if they wanted to start a program or not. So that was kind of the next chore then for getting in there and, and getting things going. But that was kind of my transition then to the Girls Athletic Union. Gotcha. Okay. So have you been able to, to kind of slow down a little bit? I mean, it doesn't sound like it. Oh, you're funny. But, <laughs> you know, I mean, um, and in fairness, I don't know that I don't know if I, if, that I would, if I could, you know what I mean? I just, I know. Uh, yeah, just <laughs> wired different. Mm -hmm. I think, um, I, uh, you know, it's like, if I start to slow down, then I stop, then I, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, you know, it's a hundred miles an hour or nothing. So, mm -hmm. Um, it's not that I don't, I don't slow it down. It's just like, it, I, I generally just stop. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, no, there's just, I was, I felt lucky because I wasn't really sure what, what my job was going to be like, um, you know, my, my full job description or things like that going, going to that space. And so then when I really knew that wrestling seemed like, okay, I, I think we might be ready to go with some of this. Mm -hmm. um, so then it became, you know, putting together advisory committee and putting together exploratory committees and putting together, um, you know, just a lot of information for our board of directors and for the rest of our staff to just really like, we got, we all got to, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't me. It was just me providing the, the legwork of getting the information and putting that in front of the people who then make those decisions and, um, I think everybody was pretty excited about it. Um, yeah, and yeah. so it was like, okay, here, I, I think we've got the numbers to support it. I think we can figure out a structure. I think, you know, we could, we can make it happen. And so it was like, let's rip the bandaid and go. So that's, that's, that's basically what we did. And yeah, we did, we haven't, haven't looked back since. Wow. So you took over, did you take over the role in 2021? Was it? Yeah. Yep. So, so September, 2021 is when I started mm -hmm. um, and I'll never forget. I went to, it was like the week I was hired. I think it was that week or the next weekend. It was like uh, they were doing the big night of conflict um, 
kind of preseason stuff up in um, uh, Sioux City, mm-hmm. and um, so that was kind of my first. Uh, you know, although it wasn't a sanctioned event or anything like that, it was um, more out of season club stuff. It was kind of my first introduction into the world of of wrestling in terms of you know girls wrestling and what mm-hmm. that looked like. Um, so I, I got to meet a bunch of people there, people that would you know later come onto my advisory committee and, and some really trusted people that that were doing things both on the boy side and and the girl side and things like that. So it was uh, it was good for me um, to start being out and about and just, and, and I realized quickly that me being out and about was going to do a lot for our organization and for me in understanding the people I needed to work with, the conversations I needed to have, um, you know, being visible to the athletes to let them know, like, I don't know, just giving people a sense of like confidence or security of like, we're taking this seriously and, um, we're, we're going to be in the trenches and boots on the ground with this type of stuff. And so, I had told, I well, just kind of asked um, my boss of like, hey, I, in order to do this, like this, how I operate is being very like on ground level. And um, I, I want to be able to go to a lot of things. I need to, I need to meet coaches. I need to meet, you know, um, see who's serious about doing these things and, and who needs more help. Um, and ultimately I wanted to get to know the athletes. I think leaving the space of being an, an AD, you know, my biggest fear was not being able to have connections with athletes because I, that's really what fuels you. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that helped a lot of having this constant narrative of like, this is what we're doing it for. This is what we're doing it for is, is for these athletes. And, um, it, so that, that was really helpful and important. And I think gave people a lot of confidence in what we were doing. So I've, I've, you know, um, haven't been able to be out as much this year. We've had so many things canceled the last couple of weeks with, with yeah. weather um, that that was kind of going to be my time to get out and about more. Um, but last year we were, I was out a ton, you know, just a lot of even documenting, you know, um, the first season. So that was, it was important for me um, to, to be out and around and to just be kind of living that first season in, in gyms and in practice spaces with, with people. So, yeah. yeah, it's been fun. Yeah, and I think a lot of people like it. To see somebody who's working that hard and, and to be able to put a face to a name, I think is kind of nice and important. And, um, you know, I, I thought it was a great idea. I don't know whose idea it was. Maybe you can elaborate. But um, on the winners at the state tournament to the for the girls to sign their names, I thought that was <laughs> oh, awesome. Oh, this is so funny. It's such a funny story. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it was uh, it was so last minute. So it's kind of funny. So we had been doing the 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 bracket advancing it, it more so for our team sports, um, but it was um, it had become such a fun thing of you know presenting a bracket you know um, at the end of a game or whatever, and and you know you pick a girl, you know coach picks a girl, and then she comes up and advances it, and, and everybody cheers, and it's so fun and. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, but, but we do, we have stickers already made up for that, you know, mm-hmm. and labels and things like that. So Heidi in our office, who does all of our programs, all of that kind of stuff, um, prints out the, the brackets for those things and whatnot. She, she is in charge of making all these stickers. And so I remember having this conversation with her of like, Aaron, how, how are we going to do all these stickers, um, with all of these names and all of these different options, you know, and trying to get that stuff done, um, 
in advance, you know, it just happens really quickly. And it's like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. There's, I don't, I don't, Heidi, I don't know if I have a good answer for that, you know, mm-hmm. and without doing a million, right. Unnecessarily. And, <laughs> and so we were kind of spitballing it and this and that. And so I had said, okay, well, what I think we should do is why don't we just have them sign their own? And it was, I, I, I had ter- kind of termed it as like an autograph session. Right. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, when we, cause we were also thinking of like exit strategy out of the gymnasium or out of, out of the arena too, of like, where does everybody go? Where does we, you know? And I was like, well, to kind of maybe make it cool, but also serve a purpose for us is like, we could have our winners go out this way and we could have all of these like easels set up and we could have all of their brackets um, because also we didn't want to pay a calligrapher, right? That was us being a little cheap, which is <laughs> funny because we spent so much money. We spent so much money in our postseason. And so I think uh, my boss was kind of like, Aaron, stop spending money. And I was like, okay, we'll figure this out. <laughs> and so I was like, you know, uh, I was like, well, we'll just put it on easels and then they can all sign sign their brackets as they win and we just we're going to have a front side and we'll do it like that like it'll be kind of a fun thing and kind of go from there well then we realized quickly as we were there that like these easels were not holding up right they were (laughs) they were flimsy um as we're kind of doing our run through and stuff and like this is going to be a nightmare and we're gonna have to have people holding it we're gonna it's like oh my gosh what are we gonna do so Ultimately, we worked with the arena and we're like, okay, let's make a, um, a bracket row. And and so really, um, we just need to tape it on the wall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <Yep. laughs> where's a big wall that we can tape it on and that our athletes, that's not up above because our athletes aren't going to, like, we got to train them to go a certain way. But then we just found this hallway that we knew they were going to have to go to to get back to the, to the warm-up space. And it was big enough that we could kind of stanchion off part of it. And so then we just put these things up on the wall and we had Gary from our office standing there with a marker. We had no idea how it was going to go. Um, (laughs) And we're like, okay, this is what we're going to do. I literally remember telling people it was so last minute. It was like during weigh-ins that day. I was like, okay guys, this is what we're going to do. We're going to try to do it this way. And so when you win, go to the back hallway, look for the guy with the marker and he'll help you find your weight class and your bracket. And they're all looking at us like, this is stupid. What are you doing? I just kind of had faith of like, this is going to be, this is going to end up being cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were all just, it was totally last minute. So yeah, when the girls were, you know, that first round when they were coming off and they were kind of confused and they're like shaking because there's, you know, they just cut down wrestling and they're done. And, um, you know, a lot of them are like, I don't, I don't have good handwriting. We're like, we don't care. It's fine. You know? <laughs> um, so they came back and, you know, and, and so then they got excited. Then, then it was like round two, right. When they would come back and they knew what they were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of noticed like a teammate or two coming with them or a coach then seeing what was happening. And then by, you know, your third round, you got media there with cameras now catching on to this thing and people taking clips and putting on social media and these girls like, give me my marker, you know, as they're running down the hall towards, yeah, it was, and they, it was so fun because then I'm also like, and by the way, now you get the autograph of everybody you just beat, you know? Oh, um, yeah. 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 You know, which is kind of cool. And so I think then, you know, we weren't sure how we were going to do it at the end either of, you know, we, we knew we wanted them to have their bracket after all was said and done. Um, but so we were like, okay, 
why don't we'll just bring the, the bracket out to them then we'll put it on a big sturdy easel we'll have it sitting that side and then when they're done they get to celebrate with their coach and then we get to have this big spotlight moment of you know and now jillian Worthen, you know you know you advance your own bracket you know type of thing mm-hmm. and then you know, she signs it for the final time and holds it up and turns it around to the crowd and they go nuts. And I was like, oh my gosh, that, that worked really well. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was totally because we were cheap and didn't pay a calligrapher or get stickers. <laughs> but I was like, now we'll just always do it. And so um, I, th- I think it's fun. I think it's fun for the girls. It's something different. So um, yeah, just it, it gives them more ownership and allows them to be more of the, part of the process, I think. Yeah, I I, it, I thought it was perfect. Like, I don't know, it was, it sounds like, you know, a happy accident, essentially. Oh, like, 100%. You know? 100% but, happy accident, yeah. Oh, it, it couldn't have, I mean, you probably thought, like, you know, since you were involved in the whole state tournament, you know, it might have been um, a chaotic, but uh, from the outside, <laughs> it, it seemed like it was just, it was amazing. You know, and I'm sure yeah. you might be like, oh, gosh, we could have done this and this and this and this better. But, you know, I'm, I'm sure for the first run, I think, I mean, did you get mostly positive feedback? Yeah, we did. We did. We, we weren't um, we weren't prepared for a sellout that, <laughs> that first day. Uh, we weren't we weren't at all prepared for that. So that was um, I, I don't think the arena was ready for it. You know, I mean, yeah. they, they do a great job. But, you know, just as far as staffing and their concessions and things like that, um, they, you know, I the a lady like emailed me and she was so mad because she's like, this was an awful tournament. You didn't, the line for popcorn was so long and then we ran out of toilet paper. And I was like, okay, well I can live with that. Like yeah. if, are my athletes and my coaches having a great experience? Like those are easy adjustments moving yeah. forward the rest of it. Um, but my, my feedback from the athletes and the coaches was, was, you know, they were, they were pumped. They loved the venue. They loved that. The fact that it was loud. There's so much energy um, everybody's just right on top of you. It's, it's an intense and a really fun environment. So, um, I think we embraced the fact that it was really, really full. Um, you know, we were, you know, preparing more seats for this year We're, you know, we're, we're doing a lot of adjustments. And I think I knew too, like our, our staff is so good. You know, we've had, we've had our state basketball tournament for almost a hundred years now. We're just a couple years away from a hundredth year wow. and we're still making adjustments. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We're, yeah. we're every single year we do something different. We want to do things different. We want to, um, we, we want to, you know, whether that's bringing in different partners or different experiences or whatever that looks like, we're, we're constantly giving each other feedback, um, and doing that. I think we just do state tournaments really well in general. So I wasn't worried about the state tournament because we have the rest of our staff there um, and they do tournaments really well. Like they are just so in the, the support staff that we bring in to help with the pass gates and just, you know, that, that type of stuff. Um, I used a lot of the people that we use for our other tournaments so that we, I knew that part of it would be fairly easy. It was just kind of getting people into the arena and getting them used to it, getting, you know, just, ironing out those kinks of like the logistical information and things like that. Um, so, you know, those are things that were, that were obviously going to be stressors no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wasn't, I, I, I just knew we had to roll the dice on a few things, but I, I knew that from the second that we started, that I would be thinking of things that we could be doing better and our <laughs> staff would be too. Mm-hmm. And 
we kind of just kept saying it was just like this thing where, you know, you kind of find each other, you walk over and you're like, okay, so for next year, I think we should do this. Or, hey, it would probably work better if for tomorrow we switch this and this, or the flow of it looked like this. So it's, we're, we're a group that's constantly collaborating and giving feedback. So I just kind of looked at that as like, I, I knew that that was coming. So I didn't really beat myself up for anything like that. Yeah. Have you, you know, as we wrap up here, you know, have you been able to kind of sit back and look at it from a different perspective of, wow, look at what I've done. Look at the lives I've changed. I mean, have you, have you been able to sort of just um, look at it through that lens or give yourself some grace or, or just kind of step back and, and see what you've done? Yeah. Like, it's, it's kind of been hard to, to take my foot off the gas for a lot of things. Cause there's still so much that needs to be done. Mm-hmm. And, um, I actually, you know, I felt way more pressure this year than last last year you know last year was the honeymoon right and, right and everybody was just so excited to have it happen and, and as everybody kind of reflects and forms opinions and things like that um you know there was a lot to put into place and just you know constantly pushing ourselves of like you know we want to develop more female coaches like from we, we're just always looking at things through a female lens of where's our female officials where's our female coaches um you know what are some of these next steps of just like it's not just about the wrestlers right now it's about building this infrastructure that will support and maintain the sport moving forward mm-hmm. so we take that really seriously too so I, I feel like um i've been able to to shift my focus or to to like expand my focus on some things but i i think um when some things really hit me it was maybe this summer this past summer um it was so they, they asked me to be on the national wrestling coaches association um like their their executive board um which was surprising to me because I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I was talking to Mike Moyer, their executive director. And I'm like, I I'd met them at a conference in Seattle and talked with him and Jackie Paquette and they're such great advocates for the sport. But I, um, I had a lot to say when I was at our, our summer NFHS meetings and you have the sport administrators from every sport and, um, or, you know, and so I'm sitting in a room with like, you know, 50 other wrestling administrators, uh, this summer, and we're talking about growing girls wrestling and what we need to do. And, um, I, I don't think that I took the time to, to realize all of the good things that we are doing and, you know, um, for our state and for our girls and how we've, um, managed to, you know, foster this explosion and kind of, um, continue to grow it and and the way that the intentional way that we went about doing it and again i just think it's because we have these two separate organizations where um that just lent to us doing it differently than other states but because we did it differently we saw so much positive feedback so much positive growth um and so i think a lot of people had questions about that or i was you know it's again sitting in a room with and it was mostly males um, I think myself and just maybe California, I don't, I'm, there's like, there's like three or four females, right. And they mm-hmm. were in the room and it's a, it's a, a, a bunch of males who, again, colleagues, great people, um, you know, they're sitting there and they're like, well, we don't understand why wrestling hasn't taken off or we don't understand why girls don't want to do this, or we don't understand why, you know, we can't find this or that. And it's just like, I, so I, I said, I'm going to have the really unpopular opinion of the room right now of saying, where are you involving women in decision-making when it comes to wrestling um, in, in your state, on your state level? Mm-hmm. I said, because if, if, if you don't have females that are visible and in, in making decision-making at the, at the top, 
who can really speak to females and, and, and what females are about. I don't know that everybody's paying attention. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think it's, um, you know, and there was some, or, you know, uh, you know, it, it's, and I'm never trying to say that to like be difficult or, or be demeaning of what I, because some of the best champions for, for girls wrestling are clearly males. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like, what are, what, you know, we're doing all of this in education-based athletics to grow these females into strong, confident, you know, women, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like our, our motto is like empowering the Iowa girls today to lead tomorrow. And like, I feel like we really, really live that. And so I said, what are, what are we doing? Like how many of you have, are, are bringing in female coaches to talk about what they think is needed? How many are you are bringing in female athletic administrators or, where, where are the females? Like you can't, mm-hmm. you can't discount that. And so, you know, I, I was probably a little outspoken, which I just am, but it was honest, you know, yeah. and I said, this is why it's worked. People ask us why it's worked because we're including females in so many of the decision-making that we're doing it. And we're not trying to be like the males. We're, we're trying to provide equity for our sport, but we're not trying to, um, you know, we, we recognize that there's some differences and we're embracing some of the things of, of where we're at right now with our sport and it's working well for us. And so kind of challenging that thinking and that mindset. So um, I didn't realize it, but, but Mike and, and Jackie were in the room, they were behind me at the time. And so we got done with that session and there was, you know, a lot of people kind of picking my brain and having conversations, but then they were kind of like, we need to have more conversation moving forward about what you guys are doing in Iowa. And I was like, okay, well, <laughs> obviously happy to talk about it. Um, but then, you know, it was, it kind of turned into a couple phone conversations and then ultimately asked me to be on the board. And again, I was confused a little <laughs> because I'm like, I can't, I can't, you know, um, I can't tell you all the rules. I can't tell you all this and that. I, I struggle to give seasonal guidance, you know, a lot of times. And so I felt very like, I don't, I don't know if I can be that person. And they're like, no, we need people to help other states figure out how to rule this out and how to do what, what you guys are doing in Iowa. And I was like, okay, that I can help people do. So I feel like at that point it was a good time for me to reflect because they had a lot of actual data on what was happening in our state compared to other states and what, you know, the amount of growth and just, they, they had a lot of numbers to put towards things that I wasn't paying attention to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think then that, that, that's the long way of answering. Like, that's when I kind of sat back and like, okay, this is what, what we have done in Iowa is, can be very, very influential and impactful for, you know, not only the people in our state, but for everybody else, you know, who, who cares to pay attention or who wants to be creative and help do things, or, you know, maybe they've been trying to do it a certain way for, for a couple of years and they're having, they're, they're not having growth or they're not having excitement around the sport. And it's like, okay, there's that then maybe be open to doing it differently. Mm-hmm. So that's where I feel like, okay, we can, I can insert our process and, and talk to people about what we've done as far as our organization, because again, it's what we do in all of our sports for our, our the girls athletic union. So it's really easy for me to speak to not only just about wrestling, but just in general of, of our mission. So, yeah. Um, Last question here, because as you're as you're talking about all this, I'm like, man, did did, did you feel a bunch of pressure? Um, because uh, wrestling in the state of Iowa, like it, it just kind of is, goes hand in hand. Like when people think of Iowa, they think of wrestling. You know, I, I yeah. like to think anyway. So you know, <laughs> um, did you feel that? Yeah, yeah. 
I think there's um, insane amount of pressure to on our, you know, there's a huge spotlight on our, on our organization. And that, that, I think that that's where I felt the most pressure was to, you know, people were looking at our organization, wrestling people weren't familiar with our organization because they just pay attention to what was happening to, you know, the boys side, because that's where the girls competed and, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? For, for a while, you know, historically. And so I think that there was maybe some doubts that, that our organization, you know, quote unquote, new wrestling or knew how to do these things or whatever. And so again, I was like, well, I don't have to get out there and wrestle like that. That's the hard part. Mm-hmm. I, I just have to figure out how to format a season and, and whatnot there. And, and I already had a really great relationship with Louis Curtis, um, from the athletic association, um, you know, who's the, the, the wrestling administrator there. And so I knew he was going to help me. I knew I had, I just, for me, I had to find the people who were going to, you know, who already held a lot of legitimacy, um, in the state of Iowa when it came to being, um, knowledgeable, being great advocates, uh, being about our schools, um, and, uh, so, so it just, it took me, you know, a couple months to, to kind of create that team of people who, um, I knew could get it done, you know? Mm-hmm. And so ultimately I didn't necessarily, I, I felt pressure for different reasons, but it was mostly, I really wanted to do a great job because it was like, I, I knew that, um, people from the wrestling world were paying attention to the girls athletic union for the first time, um, and I, I didn't want to drop the ball there. I didn't yeah. want to let our organization down when it came to that. So, um, you know, it's an intimidating thing to not be the master of something um, when you're trying to lead it mm-hmm. and you're trying to uh, be a, a voice and an advocate for it. Um, so I think I was afraid that people were going to you know, try to trap me in different situations or try to get me tied up in my words or try to, you know, these things. But I think it did come down to just when I think that they saw how hard our organization was willing to work, the money we were throwing at it, the, the different experiences we wanted to bring to it, the creativity we were bringing to our advisory committees and just, um, the fact that we were doing things differently from the beginning. And I, I think because I I felt like we had to, Mm -hmm. um, I think, I think people gave us a lot of grace, um, and that really helped. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, like you don't, you don't want to mess up stuff for your organization anyway, but I certainly didn't want to do disrespect to our sport. I didn't want it to, um, not make it feel legitimate. I didn't want it to feel JV, you Mm -hmm. know, I didn't, I was really protective, I think of, not only our brand, but of the athletes who were giving it a go. I remember being really um, boisterous when we were when we were bringing on officials. Um, that that's a whole other it's a whole other chapter. But um, you know, getting our officials on board to uh, and and coaches on board to come in and and um, work with these girls who um, the majority of them it was going to be very new to, and to not let that be a demeaning experience for them because again, it was like, we, we have one shot to roll this out the right way mm-hmm. across the board. And so I was really, uh, I was really boisterous to them of like, if you're not going to take this seriously, don't do it. We will grow our own people. We will find other people, but like the worst thing that you can do 
is give girls a bad experience and turn them away from, from the sport altogether because they're taking such a leap of faith and stepping foot onto the mat and going into those rooms to practice. Um, you know, maybe they're 16 years old trying it for the first time and we don't see that in a lot of other sports. Um, so it's, it's like, I was really, really protective of that messaging. And, um, I think, I think once people understood that it's like, okay, we're not messing around here. Um, and we'll call out anybody that is, then I, I think they were like, okay, we got it. And, and they were the officials coaches. Everybody was so fantastic last year. Um, yeah, I'll never forget it. Someday I want to write a book about it. I'll never forget <laughs> it. It was, it was so great, but it's, uh, I, just, I still don't think I, we, you know, we've, we've processed it fully mm-hmm. and that's, that's okay. That'll, that'll happen later, but yeah, well, that'll be one yeah. book you know, I'll buy. So you already got one buyer. Here. <laughs> um, I think the, the one thing I also want to applaud you on is um, putting it a, a, your own spin on it, um, making yeah. it different from the boys, not trying to basically duplicate the boys wrestling and just make it, you know, throw mm-hmm. girls in there. Like you put a, a, a touch on it that was, you know, for the girls in their own spin. So it was theirs. They could call it theirs and it was different. You know, and I, I think that's that was cool and that's important as well. Yeah. Well, I just again, I think it lends to growing, you know, if our whole goal is to give them a great experience and to grow the sport, then we had to be serious about doing that. Yeah. And I remember before before we rolled out our process really two years ago and they're like, so you just going to like I mean, I, I had a coach and he was serious and he said, so like for state tournament, you guys just going to like squeak in matches during the, um, in between the sessions of the boys, of the boys stuff. And I, like, I was like, Oh my gosh, are you serious? Like, <laughs> that's, that, is that a question? You know what I mean? Yeah. And he's just like, well, yeah, yeah. Clearly that would be the time to do it. And I said, yeah, I mean, you know, we could talk about, um, you know, sharing some of that. I said, but you know, I, but so does that mean like my girl the wrestling, um, you know, on the finals mats next to the boys and, you know, they're getting the awards at the same time and they're doing all that kind of stuff. Cause they, they need primetime coverage too. Yeah. And he's just kind of like, well, you know, I think they could probably go in the morning or they could probably go. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't understand what we're trying to do here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just like, they, they have, this is, especially in the sport of wrestling, I'm like they've worked so hard. Um, this isn't a, a joint initiative. This is, we're going to to showcase the Iowa girl and what they're about, what we're about as a state. And um, we have the resources and the backing to be able to, to make it big and to make it special. And I can't say enough about the people at extreme arena and in Coralville of like, you know, they're wrestling hungry anyway, yeah. but they're like, we're putting the thing on the map. Like we're making it, this is, this will be a show. Like mm-hmm. this is a, this is going to be stuff that people talk about, you know, for years to come of like this first season. And, um, we, we don't want a corner mat in Wells Fargo arena just to say we're next to the boys. Like we want, we, we want our own spotlight. And I think we did that, you know, we, we did that in a big way last year. So, um, but that's, that's just what we do at, at our organization. So I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate to be able to have the backing to, feel so bold and confident in how we can operate through the season and our postseason. Yeah. Well, Iowa and us, you know, the, the Iowa girls high school athletic union, you know, it's fortunate to have you and, and your team there, you know, um, I couldn't for my, like, you know, from my perspective, it just, it couldn't have gone any better 
yeah, sure, hiccups. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think it, I don't think anyone would change a thing, really. And well, so, I, I appreciate that. We'll, we're, we're trying to, you know, make some accommodations and changes <laughs> for postseason a little bit this year. But more toilet think, paper. It, what feels, yeah, what, what feels important <laughs> is just, uh, is being able to, to carry the torch and just really just what's going to be even more exciting about this year is like the, the absolute a crazy good wrestling that's going to be happening at yeah. that event. You know, it's going to, we, we're going to bring the smoke. We're going to bring the lights. We're going to bring the fun stuff, but they're on top of that going to bring the really, really fantastic wrestling. So it's like, I, you know, there's, there's nowhere else I'd want to be at that point. If, if I'm in the state of Iowa, then in Coralville on February 1st and 2nd. listening to this episode of the let's talk wrestling podcast special thanks to my guest aaron gerlich for taking the time to sit down and chat with me cover art created and designed by Kristen gill please feel free to rate comment and subscribe to this podcast you can also check me out on twitter instagram and my facebook page to hear more of my content and don't forget check out my website at let's talk wrestling podcast.my.canva.site and as always be sure to tune in to hear the next guest of the let's talk wrestling podcast take care And we will see you next time.